Good morning, CLC. And thank you, Scott. Thank you, Cecil. Thank you uh, to the entire CLC basic youth team. And congratulations once again um, to all the rising um, basic youth. Um, it's an exciting time and uh, wishing you guys all the best, especially as we kick off a new school year. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Denny and welcome to yet another captivating installment of What's Cooking, coming to you live from the nebulous universe of office supplies and the celebration of a start of another school year. This is um, your community lifetime and your announcements. Simply put, the mission statement here, as seen with the video that was just presented, um, is to make disciples who love God, love people, and who serve the world. And one way that we seek to do that is to simply just connect with um, members here in our congregation, um, people who, if this is your first time tuning in, we're so glad that you could join us this morning and, and just really be a part of this CLC fam. And um, if this is your first time and you'd love to get more information about what we're all about, uh, definitely holla at us at www.christianlayman.org forward slash contact. Um, it's a great way to get plugged in with the different home groups that we have here, the amazing prayer team that we have here, as well as just the many families that are ready to just, just uh, get to know you and, and just really get you plugged in here at CLC. Um, so as we are um, going through the prayer, uh, Pray with a Missionary series, uh, we have another opportunity to do that this upcoming Tuesday at 8.30 over Zoom. Um, last time when we had the prayer, uh, Pray with a Missionary series, we had the um, pleasure of being able to hear from Eddie and Maggie Passmore uh, from the Mexican Caravan Ministries out in Tijuana. This upcoming Tuesday, we'll have the privilege of being able to hear and just be in conversation with Peter and Ann Wang, uh, who are current missionaries that CLC supports out in Taiwan. Um, given the um, COVID season that we're all in, um, the missions field has definitely um, had a really big change in the landscape, but nonetheless, um, the, the mission and the gospel itself uh, remains the same. And so, Definitely, we'd love for you to just have an opportunity to really just chat with them and just pray alongside them. And um, and yeah, just a great way to just hear about what is happening um, all around the world and the ways that CLC seeks to pass that love forward. Um, you know, as I was mentioning, you know, with the office supplies galore, as you see, uh, we are starting off a new school year. So to all the students out there, um, wishing you guys all the best in the new school year. Even in the change in format, nonetheless, um, you know, kill it. You guys got this. And um, we at CLC do love on our college students. Um, and so we will be having a CLC student welcome um, on August 30th. So that is one more Sunday from two more Sundays from um, this Sunday. I had to check my calendar. And, um, you know, we do love on our undergrad and grad students, and this is a great way to really get plugged in. And um, if, you know, you're trying to figure out um, where you can call home um, junior time um, at a college near us, uh, we'd love to get to know you as well. And um, a Zoom link will be sent out, and this will just be a great opportunity um, to just really touch base and, and get to know your peers here at CLC. Um, definitely make sure to check it out. 
Um, so now as we um, wrap up announcements for this morning, as Caitlin mentioned at the beginning, we do we did wake up to thunder and lightning this morning. And so definitely wishing you guys all an electrifying morning. And now I'm gonna kick it on over to our, another installment of our kids moment with um, Auntie Teacher Lynn and my man Monto. Take it away, you two. Hey kids, over the past few weeks, we've been learning how important prayer is and this special prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Who remembers what that prayer is called? Oh, I do. I do, Teacher Lynn. Um, the prayer is called the Lord's Prayer. Ooh, right. Wow. right, the Lord's Prayer is the ultimate prayer. And Jesus taught it to his disciples. And disciples are people who are students of God. So far, we have memorized our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And today we're going to add another piece of the prayer. Oh, oh, Teacher Lin, Teacher Lin. Oh, I know the next part. The next part of the Lord's Prayer is, um, oh, wait a minute. Oh, 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 your kingdom come. Um, <laughs> Your kingdom come. Uh, Teacher Lin, what is this kingdom that's coming? Is it like castles and queens and kings? Well, Monto, there will be a king, but the kingdom in this prayer is about heaven. Oh, Auntie Lin, what are you talking about? Well, heaven is going to be so awesome for you and me, but it's going to be really awesome for everyone who believes. And imagine, Monto, a world where there's no more homelessness, there's no more COVID illness and being sheltered in place, there's no more injustice and no more crime. The Bible says that God will wipe every tear away from our eyes. And all these bad things are gone forever. Someday, we will get to see God face to face. God's kingdom is going to be a place full of happiness and love. Think about it like a birthday party, a big celebration, or Christmas Day, or Thanksgiving dinner that goes on forever, Monto. Oh, I love Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas. Christmas forever, and I love parties. <laughs> I get excited about parties. Heaven is going to be like one big Christmas celebration party. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so awesome. 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 Mm. Yes. It will be so awesome. That's why we pray. God, may your kingdom come. Okay, Monto. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, have a wonderful week. And remember to pray the Lord's Prayer. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.
Good morning, church Good morning. family. How's everyone doing? How are my kids doing in the next room? Uh, since we're here, that means they're running wild over there. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, let us start off with the scripture reading for today. Hebrews 11:8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she was considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. And that is the word of the Lord. Well, um, <clears throat> when I was in my 20s, Something really terrible happened to me. Uh, a lot of you may not know this story of mine. Um, for an entire year, I, I lost my voice. My, my voice sounded like, like this. I, I couldn't talk above a whisper. <clears throat> and so Reina and I were dating at the time. And I remember once uh, I had to write down my thoughts on a notepad and just and then kind of pass it to her, like literally she was, she was right there. Um, and then she wrote down her thoughts and she, she like passed it back to me. And then I wrote in all caps, I may be mute, but not deaf. <laughs> Why don't you just talk to me? You know, um, I can't tell you how terrible, how terrible, terrible that time was. Uh, it was just an awful awful, awful year. So I dropped out of seminary and I decided that if I cannot be a pastor, I might as well try to become a dentist. And so I began to pursue dentistry. Um, after an entire year of not being able to speak, my voice started to come back. And right about at the 50% uh, level, I sensed that the Lord wanted me to go back to seminar, seminary to become a pastor. And so I prayed and I said, Lord, if you bring my voice back 100%, then I'll go. But it didn't happen. Uh, weeks would go by and my voice did not get better than 50%. But I still knew that God wanted me to go back to seminary. I had a decision to make. It was hard. And I was like, I can't be a pastor with a 50% voice. Like, what if I'm preaching on Easter or at a wedding and people are counting on me and I can't even speak? And I just realized then and there, there's just no way for me to go forward with God unless I walked by faith. But I also had to admit walking by faith is not easy. And God was asking me to say yes to him, even though 
there were so many uncertainties in my life. And so I bring up that story because I think the story in and of itself is asking some real questions that we might have. Like, what do you do when you feel like God is calling you to do something, but you're scared? And you feel like there are legitimate reasons to say no. What, what, do, you, what do you tell yourself? What, do you, what are you supposed to do when faith is saying one thing, but what you see with your very eyes says something totally different? And that brings us to our next installment in our series on Hebrews 11. And this is where we're going through the chapter piece by piece. Now, recently, I think it was the week before last, I was feeling kind of renewed in my faith. Uh, I just had a spark of uh, life. Uh, I, had a, I just felt more joy. And I realized that it had a lot to do with our study and our teaching on this chapter. And so uh, if you all lean in and, and continue to journey through this chapter, um, it seems like it will have a profound effect that joy will be lifted, that love will be lifted, that uh, you're gonna be feeling renewed. Um, so today we're going to unpack the stories of Abraham and Sarah. Now, Abraham and Sarah are amazing examples of faith, in fact, of all the heroes of faith listed in this chapter, Abraham and Sarah get the most airtime. Um, and here's the thing. If you go back to Genesis, you're going to see that their faith was tested constantly. Their faith was challenged constantly. I mean, for one particular promise, they had to wait 25 years. Can you imagine 25 years <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, there was doubt, there was desperation, at times there was huge disappointment, but ultimately they never gave up believing. How did they do it? How did they do it? What did they tell themselves when times got tough? One commentary said that Abraham had a secret to his patience. And um, I was intrigued, you know. Um, in fact, I believe that both of these characters, Abraham and Sarah, had a secret, uh, a secret, if you will, a secret sauce to their faith, if you will, something they believed into the core of their being that allowed them to push through all the challenges they endured. And believe it or not, if you read the text carefully, the text sort of gives it away, sort of gives away what their secret was. And so for the rest of the message, I'm going to use the secret of their faith and the substance of their faith interchangeably. So what was it that Abraham and Sarah really, really knew and believed in that enabled them to push through when times got really tough? All right, so today I am not alone. Uh, today I'm going to be joined by Stephen Shelnut, and then later on afterwards I'm going to be joined by Raina. And um, so Stephen is going to give us a few insights from Abraham, and then Raina is going to give us a, a few insights from Sarah. So for each of these, when they come on, um, I'm going to ask them about, number one, the challenge of faith. And then number two, I'm going to ask them about the substance of faith. Okay, what was the challenge of faith for Abraham? What was the substance of faith for Abraham? And then with Sarah. Okay, so... 
Here is Stephen, everyone. He's either to my left or he's either to my right. Hello, Stephen. Stephen, you want to say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. Okay. Stephen, I really like the background um, behind you. Thank you. It's real. It's real. Not like a, a fake Zoom background. Authentic. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so Stephen, uh, let's talk about the challenge of Abraham's faith. Are you ready? Um, uh, obedience for Abraham, it probably wasn't easy, right? So Stephen, what do you see here as the challenge for Abraham? Sure. Um, if I could choose just a word to describe Abraham's challenge of faith, I'd use uncertainty. Uh, when we read Hebrews eleven eight, 8, it says that he obeyed and went, sure, but also that he did not know where he was going. Uh, so he's being called to move from known to unknown. And God doesn't give him a detailed plan or itinerary of what that move is going to look like. So I imagine the uncertainty could stir up some doubts or reservations. And at the time of his call, he's got friends, family. He's carrying on what his father has worked hard to build up. Uh, he comfortably identifies with the land and the people as, as his, right? And suddenly he's told to leave all of that. He's leaving literally everything he's ever known without so much as even a down payment. So at first glance, looking at this from a, a risk reward perspective, it just doesn't seem like a, a smart business move. It's way too much risk for not much guaranteed reward. So, um, so Stephen, great point. Uh, it seems that Abraham was giving up a lot and he was also in the middle of that, he also had a lot of uncertainty. So definitely, definitely had to be very challenging. Uh, okay, second question, uh, Stephen, what do you think is the substance of Abraham's faith? Like I talked about like the mm -hmm. secret sauce, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like when there was all this stress of uncertainty, what do you feel like Abraham told himself to like keep on pushing through and keep on going? Sure. So I said earlier, Abraham didn't even receive some kind of down payment, and that's only kind of half true. Uh, actually, God did make a number of promises to him, right, uh, that he would be made into a, a great nation and inherit the land that God was going to show him. So these are great, but I think verse 10 actually gives us even deeper insight. Uh, it says that Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So Abraham is certainly counting on these other promises, but I think it was this greater promise that he was striving towards that actually kept him going. So let's, let's all try to imagine what our dream life would be like. If we could have anything and live anywhere, what is that? I imagine it's great. And even better, you get to live there with your favorite person, wherever that is. Now, this is all within our limited imagination, right, as humans. So how amazing is the city that God creates? If God is the architect of that city, it goes far beyond anything we could even imagine. And more than that, he will be there. So not only is the city beyond our wildest dreams, but the company which we will spend our days with, God himself, will be the sweetest, most perfect company we could ever hope for. 
so Abraham was aiming to enter into that eternal city that was waiting for him after his death. And that eternal city was infinitely greater than anything he could have left here on earth. He doesn't want good enough. He wants the only place that is truly perfect, that does last, where he won't feel like a stranger, but he can truly call it home. And where he can spend his days with the one his soul longs for. And that is certainly worth it. So sure, there's great uncertainty as far as what he's getting himself into and leaving everything behind. And that might feel risky. But I think there was certainty where certainty mattered. There was certainty in the promise that he would enter into the eternal city at the end of it all. And that was enough to cover the challenge of his uncertainty. Hey, Stephen, I, I, I love it how, like, if you look in the book of Genesis, you can't find necessarily uh, the, the, the telling of this story about the promise of eternal reward. But it's almost like the author of Hebrews has an inside track because of the Holy Spirit and saying, hey, let me tell you what motivated Abraham on a deep, deep level in terms of like almost like his secret. So that, that, that is an amazing, beautiful gem of a verse, and I uh, appreciate you just unpacking that for us. Okay, now, so Stephen, a big reason why I asked you to join me this morning is because you have a story. You, you have, um, well, okay, well, I, I remember when I was uh, talking to you, you were telling me about your story, and then I'm reading Hebrews 11 about Abraham, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I mean, it's not just like Abraham and this old story, but it's like God is doing this to people still now today. And so when I was reading that and hearing your story, I'm like, dude, we got to get Stephen here to tell his story. So Stephen, we'd love for you to tell your story. Would you please? I would love to. Um, so as many of you may know, I will be leaving in a couple of weeks to join a one-year missionary training program with the goal of going to the most unreached places in the world. Uh, so I will be leaving again shortly after my return from this program to wherever God will take me for the next 10, 15, 20 years, however long it takes to see those people come to Christ and to see a, a healthy, sustainable church form. I think for me, at some point, God had made it clear uh, through his word that we are commanded to go and make disciples of all nations and that he was calling me to obey that command. It was an exciting call for sure, right? But I also quickly realized what exactly that entails. Um, these missionaries going to these places, um, they, they can expect extreme sickness, lack of comfort, lack of security of daily needs, deep loneliness and isolation, persecution, death of loved ones, and not infrequently martyrdom. Meanwhile, <laughs> I have some really amazing things here. Uh, graduated from Berkeley with an engineering degree, had great job offers lined up. I could have started a family here. Um, I have amazing ministry opportunities that I love being a part of. I have an amazing community here at CLC. I have intimate friendships with people who really deeply know me and care for me. I mean, everything just fits and makes sense where I am now. And these are all good things. I think God would maybe even be pleased if I were to choose to stay here. But at the end of the day, he's called me to go. 
Uh, and that means being willing to, to leave everything and everyone behind. And I do mean everything. Um, that, that's his call for all of us. We are all to pick up our cross and follow Christ. And I'll be the first to admit that this is, this is hard. Um, all of this goes against what feels natural or what makes sense. The, the certainty that I have here feels safe. The uncertainty that I'm being called to is scary, but my soul longs for, for something better, for, for a better home, for my heavenly home in the city that God has prepared for me. So I don't want to settle for what I have now. I want to be all in because I know what the prize is and it's worth it. I know that even if I'm to lose my life, that I will gain it in Christ and he will be my prize for all eternity. And everything that I've sacrificed will not feel like sacrifice at all because I've traded it for something far, far greater. So for you who are listening to this at home, I hope you can be okay with the uncertainty and accept the challenge. It's my hope that you will be faithful to his call, uh, to know that radical faith is is not for the select special few, but is for all of us who are in Christ. So are you called to cut hours at work to make time to serve the community? Go cut the hours. <laughs> is God calling you to sell your house and move your whole family to some difficult inner city neighborhood? I'll, I'll help you pack your bags. Are you called to overseas missions, but you've got three kids, your dream career, your dream house, and not sure how you could possibly make that change. Praise God that he's called you to partake in his work. I mean, God has taken ordinary people like us and called them to extraordinary things. So the question we must ask ourselves is not if we are called, but rather, will we walk in faith knowing that we are called? He's with us every step of the way. So when you're confronted with the challenge, with the uncertainty and your own doubts. I hope you can believe me, believe Abraham, and believe Christ when we say it's it's worth it. Hey, uh, thank you, Stephen. Uh, Stephen's leaving in two weeks, and uh, we're going to miss him. Stephen, we, uh, we love you, buddy. We're really proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Love you guys as well. Thank you. Um, so what God is doing in Stephen is an inspiration to all of us. And so thank you, Stephen, for sharing your story. Um, hey, I got another, um, someone to interview and another story to kind of unpack. Um, and I guess the point is that when you, I mean, you read Sarah, you read about Abraham, you're like, oh, that's Abraham and Sarah, you know, but no, I think what was happening inside them still happens today. And maybe that's, maybe that's the takeaway principle. It's still happening today, and God is still on the move. And as good as God was back then, he is still good now. And as good as his promise was back then, his promise is still good now. And I, I need to stop because my wife is here to say this better than me. Um, Lena, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hi. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> So, okay, Rana, it's your turn. And um, so we're going to talk about Sarah now. So again, it's the challenge of faith for Sarah and then her secret sauce and what she really believed. 
Reina, can you talk about the challenge of faith for Sarah? Okay. Um, as I look deeper about the story of Sarah, I see that she's not perfect. I mean, Sarah was 90 years old and she'd been trying to conceive and she had struggled with infertility for most of her life and likely had given up hope in her old age that she'd ever have her own child, only to be told by God at 65 years old that she would be the mother of all nations. So she continues to try for another 25 years and now she's 90 years old and she still doesn't have a child. And then in Genesis 18, three men who were believed to be angels came to them and said, around this time next year, Sarah will have a son. And do you know what the first thing that Sarah did when she heard this? She laughed. That was her first response. She was thinking, I'm 90 years old. In fact, earlier in the chapter, we see Abraham laughing about this too. Yet despite her skepticism, she worked out her faith. And I guess this means that the journey of faith is not without struggle. It's not without doubt. It's a bit of a wrestling match. Okay, so here is uh, Sarah. She's 90 years old. Okay, and she's uh, having a child. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that was the challenge. Uh, clearly, that was a challenge. Now, for Sarah, what do you think was the substance of her faith? Um, here's a 90-year-old woman trying to have a child. What do you think she would tell herself when she was having doubts? Like, what, what was going on inside her head? If Abraham's secret was a promise of heaven and eternal reward, then Sarah's secret is what she believed about God. Not just belief in God, but she knew something about his character, about who God was. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Sarah's secret is she believed that he who called is faithful. Imagine Sarah at 90 and she's going through the process of trying to conceive a child after 25 years of receiving this promise and trying and trying, and then finally she gets pregnant. And you can imagine there is so much joy. And then yet in the wee hours, in the midst of her pregnancy, she must have had these moments of fear. Will I miscarry this child? I mean, I'm 90 years old. But then she remembers, he who calls is faithful. She goes through pregnancy and then her labor pains begin. And she's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have a child. I'm 90 years old and I'm about to have a child. But then she's like, hold it. I'm 90 years old and I'm about to have this could go very, very badly. I mean, I could lose this child. Wait a minute. I could even lose my own life. But then she remembers, he who calls is faithful. 
and the scripture commends her faith so much that she's included in the hall of faith because she knew the character of God and that he who calls is faithful. Okay, so that that is a that is a that is a beautiful a beautiful verse. Um, and so, Reina, a big reason why I asked you to join me today is because you have a story too, uh, not a story of fertility, but a story of partnership in a crazy calling. Uh, would you please tell your story? Sure. A handful of years ago, God revealed to Andrew and I that we should move overseas and go to a place we did not know. His call was so clear to us that we felt called, compelled to obey. And I remember telling a friend of mine that God was calling us to move. And she asked me all sorts of questions like, okay, where are you gonna go? And who are you going with? And what are you going to do? And I did not have a single answer for any of her questions. And I felt foolish that I didn't know. It felt irresponsible. I mean, we have three kids. But on the other hand, I also knew that this was God's calling for us. I cannot tell you how scary it was to tell the kids and the church that we were going to step down in 2021 and to do that not knowing where we were going to go. The day before we had to tell the kids, I was really nervous just feeling the weight of it all. I went to a perspectives missions class and heard a missionary share one story after another about God's faithfulness. And I was in tears. God was reminding me of this basic core truth. He is faithful. He will provide. He who called is faithful. Fast forward to now, God has faithfully shown us where we're going to go and what we're going to do. In September after church during the social hall, if you want to hear more about our story, you can come and hear that. So although God had provided and given us a lot of certainty and more clarity, to be honest with you, sometimes I still wake up in the middle of the night and I'm plagued with fears about the future. I read about Sarah's laughing and I can relate to her. There's a laughing Sarah inside all of us. A verse I've been meditating on is Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And sometimes I don't know. I don't know if I will be able to walk this road and be faithful in following him. But my only consolation is this. He who called is faithful. I do not know what the future will bring or how I will respond in the future to God. But ultimately, I realize it's not about me, but about him. It's about he who called and he who called is faithful. All right, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with some closing thoughts, um, with one closing thought, actually. Uh, so at the end of the day, Abraham and Sarah, you know, they're just ordinary people. I mean, yes, amazing examples of faith, but it was never about them. It was always about the person they believed in. 
What made them special is what they knew about God and his promises. That's what made Abraham special. And what you can know about Abraham, uh, about God and his promises is also, in a sense, well, it's faith. And it's available to you today. Now, I know some of you might be in a dark place right now. Maybe you can relate to Sarah and you've been waiting and you've been waiting and you've been waiting for something and you are tired of waiting. Or maybe you're like Abraham and you feel uncertain about the future and you're scared. Maybe God has called you to something that is hard and scary. Maybe you believe, maybe you believe, but circumstances cause you to doubt. And the word for you is to lean into your faith, to remind yourself every day who it is that you believe in, that he who called you is faithful. He is the one that gave himself over to death on a cross for you. He is trustworthy. He will keep his promises. And he has promised you an eternal city. And he has promised you an eternal home with him. He is the one that is worth leaving everything behind for so you can take risks, so you can sacrifice out of love. Because he who called is faithful. Pray with me. Oh, faithful one, so unchanging, keep our eyes upon you. Help us in the reality of you, your faithfulness, and your promises. May that reality burn so brightly that all the other perspectives are just dim shadows. Help our faith to become real and real and real so that we can see you, Jesus, and live a life that glorifies you entirely. In Jesus' name we pray.